Hi FM 101.9 megahertz of life. Are the Palestinians in Gaza being far more violent and involved in this war than was previously expected? Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me and good evening. Good evening. Mike, what can you tell us in terms of the population on the ground? How are the Gazans involved and is it to a greater extent than was previously expected? Well, first of all, we must um, understand one important fact. One of the biggest mistakes to do in approaching this conflict between Israel and Hamas or Israel and Gaza is that we separate the population from Hamas. Right. And this is, this is something that we cannot do because Hamas is a byproduct of the population of Gaza. Right. Uh, they operate in two ways. There is the Dawa way, which is the non-violent or the non-militarized wing of Hamas, which is spreading the Islamic idea of the Muslim Brotherhood. And this is through schools, summer camps, uh, other educational facilities. There's a famous university where it's no longer there because the IDF took it down, but there was a university over there uh, that Hamas controlled. And pretty much what I'm trying to say is that I wouldn't rush to see an uprising in the population against Hamas here. They're very mad. Some of them did not want or did not expect the IDF or Israel to retaliate the way it's been retaliating and to make it a full-scale war where most of the population have, you know, were displaced and now in south of Gaza, so they're mad. But it doesn't mean that they hate Israel any less? No. Does it mean that they're not happy with what happened on October 7? No. Because we have a numerous amount of testimonies of how Hamas, of how, sorry, the Gazan residents or the, the so-called innocent civilians were involved in the massacre itself and are still involved by keeping uh, Israeli hostages in their homes. Right. You know, we, we see a lot in the press and on social media where the innocent Gazan are, are being uh, sort of threatened or intimidated by Hamas and they don't really have much choice. Is this something that we're not actually seeing on the ground and we're not seeing um, sort of in the attacks that that took place on October 7th? Well, what happened is that in the beginning of the war, when the when the war just started and the IDF started having boots on the ground, if you remember in northern Gaza, the population in its majority uh, were uh, complying with the IDF and they moved down south, so the IDF had no issue taking over. And then we heard that Hamas was setting up checkpoints preventing from the residents yes. who did not want to take part of the fighting uh, preventing them and, and, and was shooting some of them in some incidents until the IDF took care of that. Now right. what's happening in southern Gaza where the humanitarian aid is coming, Hamas is hiring local gangs. You have to understand the population in Gaza is, is tribe-based. It's a bunch of families that are, that have hundreds of members in their families and they all control a neighborhood or a territory or, or a village. And Hamas is paying these people, bribing them with humanitarian aid so they can control or they can threaten the population of not getting their aid so everything can go to Hamas. 
what happened yesterday or the day before was that Hamas shot a teenager that was the son of one of the crime families there. So they got into it and they, in retaliation, they burned a police station, a Hamas police station right. in the Rafa uh, city. So this is what the media was referring to, but for, to take it from there to the population uprising, no, a lot of them, you know, they're, they're interviewing. I mean, they're asking them, you know, are you upset with Hamas? And they said, no, we would, if we had more kids to sacrifice or to give for this conflict, we would give the lives of more of our kids. Right. To them, killing Jews and destroying Israel is still and forever be a top priority, unfortunately. When the war is done and the the rebuilding starts how does israel deal with this mindset that's ingrained in the population of gaza that is so anti-israel you know yeah, you, you know to 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 try to understand the root of the conflict you have to understand that this is a religious conflict first and foremost and we have to go back uh all the way to the 7th century to understand where it came from you know it's a religious war therefore you can't find a solution there is no rational solution or 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 a poli- you know a political solution in the end of the day Jews have to understand that if they want to live in their own state in their own tiny little sacred Jewish state they have to understand that as long as there are Muslims and Arabs in the Middle East and there are always going to be Muslims and Arabs in the Middle East Israel will have to fight uh, by its sword and live by its sword. And, and that's unfortunate because Jews, you know, they want peace. Yes. Uh, Jews always want to get along with their neighbors. But the other side is, is completely thinking the opposite and they cannot accept uh, a Jewish state in the region. And that's the, that's the main issue. Has this changed how the average Israeli is viewing the Gazan population? I mean, I think the people that knew that this is possible because unfortunately over the years the Israeli people have witnessed what the enemy is capable of doing. It just it happened in very small doses at the time. Right. So it was very easy to move on. But I think that after uh, October 7th, there are very, very few left who really believe in any type of solutions. Uh, uh, and if there is, at least not that close to our borders. Right. How how is this going to affect the Gazan population? Those living close to the border, perhaps working in Israel, coming across the border to work, uh, to train in Israel, and so on. Well, right now, uh, obviously, that's not going to happen. Right. Uh, I think that the Gaza Strip, um, or at least half of it, is not even worthy of of living. It doesn't even have living conditions. I don't see anybody returning there. What I think should happen is that, uh, you know, Europe or some other countries or Arab countries around the world should take these people in as refugees of war and, and give them better life and better futures because I think that when this is done and over with, it'll be years and years and years before Gaza can be uh, worthy of living again. Right. Mike, we haven't seen any of the European countries or any of even of the Arab countries stepping up to offer to take in the the Gazans and uh, the refugees. What do you think in, in, in your mind is, is the reason for that? I think the reason is simple. In two words, October 7th, uh, we see what happened in Europe immediately after 
October 7th and what's still happening in Europe. Europe has got a lot of problems of their own. I mean, they're still worried about what's going on with the Russians in the Ukraine war. Yes. Uh, they're having a huge economical crises. And a lot of it is because of the mass amount of illegal immigrants that are still pouring into the continent. And I think that they've had enough uh, with trying to get involved in this conflict, at least for the time being. It's, I think it's an American issue. I think it's an Israeli issue. Uh, it's an Egyptian issue and a Qatari issue. I think the Saudis can be involved as well, and I think that Gaza should be completely demilitarized and and be run by some Arab countries or international forces. Right. Mike, that's a great point to end on. Thank you so much for your time today. And that is Mike Ben-Aviv, former Israel policeman and IDF member, researcher of counterterrorism, and he runs the news blog Israel War Info Uncensored, on X, formerly Twitter, and that's at Israel War Info, and uh, give him a follow.